A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's Sunday, and it must be Front Row Center Day, the day where uh, two goons from Wisconsin talk about films. Whoa, we sound a little weird here. Hang on, let me uh, let me turn a knob. There we go. That's a little better. Hey, I'm Jeff. He's Bert, and he's on a channel called Schlockmeisters.com. Not Schlockmeisters.com. You should reserve Schlockmeisters.com. Maybe I, mean, I should. Get to that point, I guess. But no, he's on YouTube as Schlockmeisters, and you're the only Schlockmeister on YouTube. That, yep. That's not there exactly was one true. before me, but that was also me. <laughs> they asked him to leave. <laughs> so uh, we do uh, movie reviews here uh, every week on CPL Radio. We are the only movie review show at this time, and um, usually it runs about an hour long. For you new listeners who are, um, you know, who are just uh, brand new to us, uh, we're glad you're here. And um, yeah, I'm a little loud in Bert's ear. That just you because, are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's an adjustment we'll have to make at the commercial break, I'm afraid. So. You're always screaming at me. <laughs> I have been for years. Usually our, our arguments are legendary. So, And hopefully we'll have some of those legendary arguments here on the air because we've been getting along way too well for a movie review show. Maybe we'll bust each other's... Uh, <laughs> Why don't you, know. you watch The Souvenir? Or we'll just dig out <laughs> Transylvania 6 5000 again. Or you know what? Todd Haynes' movie, Safe. I love Safe. Yeah, shit. <laughs> All right, there we go. I haven't seen Safe in a long time, but when I watched it, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Did you see? Have you seen any other Todd Haynes movies? I have. I have the Superstar, Karen Carpenter movie, and I just saw something in the theater that Todd Haynes directed, and I can't remember what it was. Or did we watch it on? Uh, you probably watched uh, that was that one uh, based off the book called Wonderstruck. That no, was that wasn't it. Oh. we literally just watched a Todd Haynes movie this week, okay. and I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> well, there you go. He did a film called Far From Home. Far From Heaven? Far From Heaven, excuse me. Yes. That's the one. Yeah, the one we did this week, uh, I'll probably tell you very shortly because I'm going to give you... Oh, I know what he did, which we didn't see this week. We were going to see it. We were going to see Dark Waters last night, but we saw something else. What is Dark Waters? It's a brand new movie. It's in the theater. It's about the guys, uh, the attorneys went after DuPont, I think, for, uh, I don't know, Monopoly or something. I don't know exactly what it all is, Ah, but it's... uh, Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, the three movies we've actually uh, switched our our thrust 
sounds kind of dirty, but uh, we've switched our thrust to uh, more streaming material, mostly because of the complexity of getting to the movie theaters frequently. Although I have a feeling we're both going to see a movie next week that uh, we probably could talk about. You know, not you know the- what's going to happen. If you don't see this movie during the week and you see it on Sundays like you've done the past few years, we're going to be sitting here next Sunday. I will have seen it. You will not have. Nothing better than a little on-air tension. I might, I might grill you and try to get information out of you. I'll pump you for information. Uh, <laughs> you want me to spoil it for you? I okay. We we should do a show about spoilers because this whole thing is really interesting, and I would love to have a conversation about this. It won't be this show, however. But I, by the way, I have not read anything about this new Star Wars movie. I don't yeah? know any. I don't know anything about anything. Trailers? About anything? Seen the trailers? I've seen the trailers, of okay. course. Yes, but yeah. nope. I I don't want to know. Interesting. Just want to go into it uh, okay. blind. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that at some point in the future because um, I have people now who are so, like, recoil in horror. At the I won't see any trailers. I don't even want to hear the title. I mean, they get really weird about it. They get to the point where it's just like, you know, I mean, you got to know a little something about a movie. I have a feeling this whole, like, uh, spoiler uh, terror that's uh, encased in uh, movie view, you know, is kind of Well, let me know, tell you something. weird. The, the new star. Oh, okay, well, here, before you tell me anything, I'll tell you this. If a movie, and this is my contention, and I would always tell people this, and then they, get, they give me the look. And I know the look, and you'll probably give me the look when I tell you about this. And you can't hear the look, but maybe you will be. He gives the look so good, maybe you could hear it over the air, airwaves. If a movie can be spoiled by someone telling you the ending, then it wasn't a very good movie to begin with. That's bullshit, and I will I will stand on that to my grave. Uh, okay, so fine. So what's the first, you know, because they're talking about the ending. The ending is you, you know, encompasses about three and a half minutes of film footage, you know, a reveal or the ending. So what about the other two hours that you were there for? Why, why is that Why is that no well, longer valid? Why is it invalidated? Oh, the acting, uh, someone spoiled the movie for me, therefore the acting was bad, the directing was bad, and it was poorly lit. You have a point there. This is but crap. I would rather not know. I would rather just be I understand. On. Oh, no, I understand that, but I'm one of those who's not like. You know, but the the extreme that people take the spoiler thing, and I don't know if you've been around that. I've been around it quite a bit, where someone says, "Oh, I saw that movie. It was funny." Hey, hey, spoilers! <laughs> no, I don't get that extreme. That's, no, a, there are spoiler extremists out there. They're like jihadists. These They're are the crazy. people who love slipcovers on their Blu-rays too. Yeah, they might be. <laughs> Yeah, well, you got me there. That's probably true. I mean, it's just, it's, but it's really weird. It's kind of taken, and I'm of the opinion that if someone told me tomorrow, hey, and this is not, spoiler, this is not a spoiler. Don't say it. I don't know any, no, baloney. <laughs> this is not, a, if we find out that, you know, Ray and Kylo Ren had sex prior to Woo-hoo. the, prior to the Force Awakens, and they're both their own child. I don't know how that works. Hey, do the math. <laughs> but if that's what happened, I'm still probably going to love the Rise of Skywalker, because I will love the spectacle of it and the and X-Wing fighters flying and, and flashing, slashing lightsabers. Mm. That's the stuff I'm there for. I'm not there for the big reveal. I don't care about that stuff, really. I think it's baloney. Well, I let just me think tell you, crap. the new Star Trek movies that came out recently in the last 10 years or so. Sure. The second one. Yeah, I know. I had absolutely no idea that Benedict Cumberbatch was Khan until okay. I watched the movie and I figured yeah. it out. Just before the reveal, yeah, yeah, which and I was like, Whoa, that's, that's about midpoint in that that's movie. That's cool. Oh, spoiler. I had no idea. Yeah, so I liked that, and I, I'm sure had I read, read stuff online, I would have known immediately. But well, and I, okay, so I actually that movie had been out for like a week or two before I even saw it. So right, right. Well, you had the benefit too of people. A lot of people came away from that movie like really angry, like they didn't like that movie for whatever oh, reason. Stupid fanboys. Uh, not just fanboy, just weird. I don't know. The whole thing is strange. We're in a weird period right now. But uh, speaking of being in a weird period, uh, let's. Uh, you got to get rid of that angst. 
<laughs> I'm good. I don't know. Not you. Not you. Oh, okay. There's a lot of angsty movie fans out there. There are. There are. You're absolutely right. You know, what about taking like the fun and the joy of seeing films? I mean, that's another thing, too. It's just like if something can be spoiled for you by someone saying, hey, that movie was kind of thrilling. Yeah. I don't know. I just think you have other issues going on. So should we talk about this R-rated thing? We'll usually do that. And then after the break, we'll get to our first review. Let's talk about this whole. So I posed a question online uh, oh, well over two weeks ago now. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um as a kid, and I think it's more, it was more when we were kids than it is now. Now I think that things, you can see things yeah. anywhere now. I mean, if you, if you really want to. Turn on your TV and stream. Yeah, if you want to see something naughty, it's not, it's not that difficult anymore. Uh, but, you know, back in the uh, 70s and 80s when we were coming about, an R-rated movie was a. It was a big deal. There was there a might big be tab- taboo. And, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, everything about it was uh, verboten to, um, you know. And. Uh, so, I mean, you couldn't, I mean, you couldn't get in and there was no other, you had no other recourse. Home video hadn't really, I mean, that was a big savior, of course, was uh, cable television and Cable home video. television, that March opened, of 82 for me. Opened things up wide. But, uh, so I posed the question on uh, our Facebook page, uh, Front Row Center Reviews. You can find us on Facebook if you kind of. Uh, yes, go find us. Start liking us. Start liking us and start loving us for that matter. Um, <laughs> so this is what the MPAA would say on their R restricted banner. Under 17 requires accompanying parent or adult guardian. It's pretty restrictive, especially oh, yeah. if you're under 17. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, my friend Lisa, who uh, she goes by the name Lisa Marie Dolans. On, I've seen that name. On yeah, it. is she any related relation to Mickey? <laughs> not, I don't know. I mean, she. I think I saw she, some comments about she the had monkeys her, once. If she had her way, she would be. Uh, she's a big fan, big monkey fan. She seems to be very particular to uh, Mickey. Uh, has seen him like just because that's not a, a common name. So no, no. Um, when I will spare, since she's going incognito, I will spare her actual name, and if that's the way she wants to keep it. On, Tell me uh, off air because I gotta know. Uh, yes, of course, I'll do that. Um, but. Uh, Lisa Marie says, um, LOL, I have a good one. The original Child's Play, 1988. I was nine and my little brother was six. My parents dropped me and my little brother at good old budget cinema on Highway 100. And that, I think that one's still there. I don't know. I think it was the last like, budget cinema. Oh, it's, it's a dive. <laughs> it's a dive. And uh, so the parents went uh, to do some grocery shopping after jumping, uh, dropping the youngins off at budget cinema on Highway 100 here in Milwaukee. And um, so... My little brother and I were supposed to see The Little Mermaid, but I got the idea to sneak into Child's Play. Oh, man, he had nightmares for a month, but he never snitched on me. Good boy. That's awesome. <laughs> you don't you don't rat on your friends. Um, as far as I know, my parents never found out. Until this broadcast, or until our, uh, until our Facebook page. Um, your friend... Her name was uh, Irene. Oh, that's uh, Leah Hope's mom. You pronounce it the Steffs or Steffus? I can't. Uh, I think sure. it's Steffus. Okay, Jordan. So she does not remember to tell the truth when she was growing up Catholic. My parents went by. Well, hang on. When when she was growing, there was no PG or R's. <laughs> that is she true. She just turned eighty. So that, oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, still I'll read her comment because it's a nice thing to do. When I was growing up uh, Catholic, my parents went by a group called I believe the Catholic Legion of Decency. Oh well, boy, <laughs> I bet those were some wild parties. <laughs> um, I remember arguing with them about a movie I wanted to see, and it was on their don't see list. It was probably uh, uh, Baby Doll or. Uh, <laughs> what's uh, promises? Promises? Promise, yeah. <laughs> what's what is one by Eli Kazan? A Russ Meyer movie. Oh, and there was the one that um, the moon is blue. Where they said the word virgin, and uh, I remember they made a joke about it in Mash. They said, you know, well they did say the word virgin, and Hawkeye says, yeah, because everyone was. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of tame. 
But um, I think I went anyway and then confessed in confession. <laughs> Were there ever any other ratings? And so I don't think ours started until probably like 70 or 71. Yeah, I think I mean, it was, if not the late 60s, early 70s. PG used to be known as GP, too, which is weird. Back in like the late 60s, I think they called right. it like Guidance Parental. I don't know if that was yeah. that. No, it was like Because uh, Mid- Midnight Cowboy was in 1969, and that was rated X, actually. And that was right. before X was associated with pornography. Right, just right, right. X. Just certificate. Yeah, exactly. Got to be 18. It's interesting. So, what about you? What uh, so with your you were, we, we made a distinction off the air. We'll say initially with your parents. What is the first R-rated well, movie that you? It watched? wasn't actually with my parents. I don't think. Well, my my I had a <laughs> you had a cool uncle. <laughs> I had a cool mom coworker. My mom's coworker Mary loved horror movies, and somehow she knew I loved them too, even though I hadn't really seen them yet because they didn't have cable yet. You love the idea of them. Yes, but in uh, nineteen eighty one. She took me, or 81, 82, she took me to see The Howling and American Werewolf in London. She also took me to see Ghost Story and Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. Okay, so that's a lot. What was, but what was the first? It was either Howling <laughs> or American Werewolf, whichever one came first in 1981. I'm not sure which one was released uh, first. I have to go look in the calendar. Yeah, but I actually got my dad to take me to The Howling a second time because I enjoyed it so much. I convinced him to. So I actually saw The Howling in the theater. I think I was nine twice. Did you have nightmares? No, not at all. See, I, have, them. I, I loved never, them. Yeah, I never had nightmares either. I mean, I, I don't actually, I'm not prone to nightmares, so I don't. Do I mean, that. I've had nightmares in my life, but I yeah. n- never something caused by by a movie. Huh. How the Howling came out in April of 1981, and I'm pretty sure American Werewolf was later on. So, Well, you beat was, me by uh, about four years. Now, that being said. And you're a year older than me, too. I have to say. I have to be careful here because actually I, I was t- okay. Well, you gonna I'm, get in trouble from Dad? Yeah. Well, no, Dad will be fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. American Wealth came out. In no, August, I have to be so careful because I'm gonna I'm gonna misspeak because I think that. Um, so I believe that in 1982 I saw a movie called Hooper with Burt Reynolds. It was PG. It was rated PG. However. Boobs? There were boobs. Well, there was Which boobs in the airplane yeah, also. Absolutely, absolutely. So that was my first, like, theatrical boob. Hello. <laughs> and, man, and I was in second grade, and, man, were we giggling. Oh, mine, my God. Think, we, were, we were very adult about the whole thing. I think thing. mine was airplane. <laughs> so, uh, so that worked out pretty well. But full frontal nudity, the howling. That was my first. Ah, all true. Elizabeth all true. Brooks. There we go. Um, beyond that, beyond that. Um, Actually, in America, Rover Atlanta was my first penis. There we go. David Naughton running through the woods. It's all getting good. Um, so um, my first R movie, <laughs> because I just I wanted to breach the R thing, and I, and I was getting, I was 15, and I really still hadn't seen an R good movie. Lord. Yeah, I was 15. I mean, I just. You had cable by this point. Well, no, and I, that's, well, that's why I have to be careful here, because I believe oh, at 12 and 13, I was cable. already seeing, yeah, I was seeing bits and pieces of stuff I shouldn't be seeing, but I still was like, I haven't seen an R movie in the theater. It just seemed wrong. My parents were going to see a movie called The Killing Fields. I remember at that. At The Strand. Uh, Roland Jaffe was the director. Sam Watterson starred. Um, it's about Pol Pot and the uh, Cambodian. Very sad and grueling and harrowing film i kind of wish i had picked something else that was your first movie that was my first (laughs) r-rated movie and i went along not because i was dying to know about the history of uh, laos (laughs) i was dying to just hey it's r-rated i gotta see an r-rated movie in the theater it's just one of those things so we went 
and I felt horrible. <laughs> I like sick to my stomach because the whole thing was just like this, this very sad, grim depiction of uh, government just ruining the lives of people and you know friendships lost, and it was so sad. It was horrible. Uh, great, I'm fine filmmaking. I haven't watched it since. I haven't exactly rushed back to see it, but actually, it's funny. It's got great reviews, as I recall. It, it did. It was uh, it was it was Oscar bound. Yeah. I believe it was uh, up next to like Chariots of Fire and stuff like that. So I mean, it it uh, lost, but uh, was a, a a favorite certainly. Um, now let's talk about um, R-rated movie on your own. Yes, the I know. I know what mine is because I, I do. I do too. I know mine. I'll give you mine first. It Go was, uh, I believe, I was a senior in high school. And a bunch of the kids were getting ready to go. Oh, wow. I beat you on this one then. You probably did. Uh, they <laughs> wow, all wanted to years. see The Lost Boys. Oh, sure. And I was scared because I was either 16 or 17, depending on when it came out. Sure. And Well, 17's fine. Oh, that's true. No, then it, maybe it was my junior. I don't know, okay. but I, I saw it with uh, my friend Dave Swadek, and okay. sitting behind me was Brad Strofe and okay. Chris Doudinger. Oh, it was like a it uh, was a it was a packed house yeah, of, yeah. of teens. <laughs> um, not my scene, but um, but I and I remember where I was worried. It's like because I looked very young uh, with my bowl haircut and everything else, right. and I looked like I could be twelve. He still has that bowl haircut. Yeah, it's nice. What's left? What's <laughs> yeah. left of it? But Absolutely. yeah, I got in just like everybody else did. And All right, the Lost Boys was it. So my my approach was a little weird. We uh, when we moved to Milwaukee, um, there was this amazing phenomenon because living in Manitowoc and Rivers, we had three theaters, three screens. That's just how it worked, you know. Yep. Um, that was the norm. When we get to Milwaukee. There's these things called multiplexes, and up the road from us in Brown Deer was one called Northtown. It is currently a storage facility. <laughs> uh, further up the road was a theater called Mill Road, which at that time in 1986-87, Mill Road was fine. Now the Mill Road area has unfortunately economically uh, downgraded itself. Uh, By the way, I was either 15 or 16, depending on okay. Lost Boys. So then we're kind of in the same zone here. So I... Um, at that, point, at that point, I was quite the uh, film snob. Uh, Richard Wheeler helped me along in that one. And uh, so I loved David Lynch at that time. We loved everything David Lynch did. We read about him, and we obsessed over David Lynch. Well, Blue Velvet was coming out. Oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's a Sunday night. I believe my parents, so we're going to the multiplex. And... Uh, we decided we're going to split off into different theaters, you know, because we all had different tastes. And kind of that's that was the beauty of the multiplex is we all didn't have to go see the same movie anymore. And we did that quite a bit. Well, I thought I'd press my luck this night. You must I, have been jazzed. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> so I pressed my luck that night and I said, uh, my parents are going to see Jumpin' Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> And they said four for jumping black jack flash. I said, oh, oh, actually, you know what? Blue velvet's about the same time. Can I can I do that one instead? And my dad's like, oh yeah, sure. And they went for blue velvet again. They knew nothing about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there's little sixteen-year-old Jeff Messerman <laughs> in the theater. And, and you know, as a Lynch fan, I had only seen like Eraserhead, which is you know surreal and weird and gross and everything, but fine. Uh, Dune, I was you know I'd seen that, and uh, uh, the Elephant Man, and you know um, yeah, it was fine. Well, blue velvet blew my mind clearly, clear across the room. Good lord. <laughs> You can still quote that to this day. <laughs> a highly quotable and absolutely horrifying film, a depiction of small town seediness uh, run amok that, of course, he bent into Twin Peaks later. So, Blue Velvet, and not too long after, I think the week after that, we went to the movies again, and I got to see Cronenberg's The Fly. So it was a Ooh. quite a double I, win. I actually saw The Fly in the movie theater with my dad. There we it go. Took me that one. There we go. I went alone. I went again, but I didn't really go alone. My dad paid the ticket, but I splintered off to my own theater. See, so that was the beauty of the multiplexes, right? You know, you know you could, my dad uh, also took me to Platoon and also returned to Horror. Or high, remember that one? I do, I do. Maureen uh, McCormick and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Philip McKeon. We were gonna go see Platoon, my dad and I, but we had just gone to the Old Country Buffet, <laughs> and, uh, we, and we thought.
thought watching that with a belly full of like buffet food <laughs> wouldn't be a good idea, so we went to see Ishtar instead. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. And the rest is history. Anyway, uh, this poll is not closed. If you have any ideas of uh, R-rated movies that you saw when you shouldn't have been watching, because that's the best way. That's the other thing great about R-rated films, too, that I think we've kind of lost. I'm sad about that. Is that... It was taboo. It's we shouldn't no fun- be doing it. It's no fun when you have permission. <laughs> It's just like drinking. You know, kids, they, no matter what they tell you, half the fun about drinking is that you're not supposed to be doing Exactly. That. And maybe someone out there is not supposed to be listening to podcasts right now, but they are anyway. So we're going to come back and review our two movies of the week and talk a little bit about Cinema Smackdown. We love that. So uh, it's Let's Do It versus Good Morning here on Front Row Center. We'll be right back. That's right. We're back to Front Row Center on CPL Radio, show about movies, show where we talk about movies, a show where we talk about R-rated movies. Sometimes. But before you get started oh, okay. on, 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 our, on the report, he has quickly, the very quickly, very quickly. Uh, in the last seven days since we've been here, <laughs> what, if anything, besides our homework, have you watched? We need that report. I have had a horrible week. I had way too much life to live. So uh, what we're reviewing this week... Is what I watched. Outside of, actually, I watched some cartoons. I watched some Thundercats, and I watched some Transformers this week. Otherwise, All right. nil. Well, it was a, it was actually a very busy week for me in terms of life, too. Ah. However, I still managed to squeeze in 16 movies. Shocking. So here we go. Quickly, I Lost My Body cartoon. I will be hitting that next week, I hope. All right. Hallmark movie called Catch a Christmas Star. We will not be hitting that <laughs> next week, I hope. I reviewed uh, The Witch's Mountain on my channel. Horror movie from the 70s. Hallmark movie called A Merry Christmas Match. I went to the theater Tuesday night and watched a movie called Waves. Oh, was that good? Looking interesting. It was very good, actually. Mm -hmm. Very good. And then earlier in that day, I watched something called Attack of the Killer Donuts, which you'll be seeing on my channel (laughs) soon. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing the box, the the poster for that. That looked interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Then I watched on Wednesday Visiting Hours, a Blu-ray horror (laughs) movie from the 80s. Sleazy movie. Very sleazy. Yep. And then on Thursday, I watched... uh, uh, old cable movie called Touched by Love, which is on my channel now. Reviewed it, and then uh, uh, something called The Mismatched Secret. <laughs> Easy for you to say. What, what, the what, Mistletoe what? Secret. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens, folks. Hallmark. Oh boy. Uh, then on Friday, I watched uh, an old cable movie called A Tiger's Tale, which I reviewed as well. Mm-hmm. I watched Schoolgirl Report Five, which is not Just on my channel yet, but it's almost there. Very naughty stuff. Yep. And then Saturday was a big day. Yesterday, I watched Good Morning, which we'll be talking about soon. Indeed. Watched The Report, which we'll be talking about very, very soon. Very soon. I uh, went to the theater and watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Oh, uh, I'm dying to see that. Yes, very good also. And then I watched a DVD called The Yankles, which is about a <laughs> a guy, a washed-up baseball player who has to uh, lead a group of uh, Jewish baseball Oy vey. <laughs> players called The Yankles. Wow, nice. And then I uh, went to the theater late last night and watched Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that looks that I don't. That looked interesting. Very interesting. Yes, yeah. So people, sixteen movies. Some people love that movie. I mean, they're, they're talking about Oscar stuff for that thing. They, they have. There's a little really, bit of an Oscar buzz. People on really it, yeah. dig that thing. So. Sam Rockwell's in it too, and I love Sam. Well, Rockwell. he's uh, phenomenal, of course. So, uh, anyway, we're gonna talk about the report coming up. It's a movie you can only watch at this juncture. Although I think it actually did have a brief little it theatrical did. thing. It definitely did. But um, now it's uh, sitting comfortably on Amazon Prime for you to watch in your own home. And uh, I joked before we started rolling, but it's Adam Driver week here because both of our uh, 
sure big films is. are Adam Dre. That's a busy, busy man. Anyway, let's listen to uh, a bit of the trailer for the report. Morning, Dan. Morning, Senator. Have you seen the story today in the New York Times? Evidently, the CIA destroyed tapes of interrogations of Al-Qaeda detainees. I want to find out what was on the tapes and why they were destroyed. No paper. Paper is a way of getting people in trouble at our place. At our place, paper is how we keep track of laws. Last night, I found this. He's detainee number 24. Have you guys used this thing before? No, we watched your video. They waterboarded him 183 times. 11, Everything they got from him 13, was either a lie or something they already had. If it works, why do you need to do it 183 times? Some very good questions there from uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein, as played by... Uh, Annette Benning. The great Annette Benning, who's wonderful in this movie. Um, <clears throat> so, I... Um, the report is one of those movies, like all the president's men. True story, by the way. Mm, true story, absolutely. And um, so, the interesting thing about the report is that I think every American should see this movie if you don't know the story. Um, as entertainment, I would call it questionable because it's mostly just a lot of shuffling of papers. <laughs> <laughs> and computer screens and um not really you know i think they're trying to ratchet the suspense up a little bit in this film and and um just because you know that you're dealing with pencil pushers and paper paper shufflers and uh you know the political machine in hollywood it doesn't always make for like terrific drama um obviously what they're talking about is extremely you know sensitive and um important um and i guess you know, like the, for me, the midsection of this film bogged down a little bit, but at the same time, the um, the story within is so important. Um, and so there are great lines of dialogue where they bring up, you know, characters bring out, you know, and unfortunately it becomes like the screenwriter proselytizing a little bit, I think, and, and, and saying that, um, putting their agenda out a little bit and... It's a good agenda to have, obviously. Tor the torturing of human beings <laughs> is not something that we need to get behind in this country, although there are still people to this day who will say that uh, it's justified. But unfortunately, here's the problem, and the film points this out pretty well. Torture doesn't work. It it's just doesn't never work. Worked. It just doesn't. It's, it's never, ever worked. In fact, our own country... Admitted it in the 70s right. that torture doesn't work, and they did it again. And they admitted it again because yeah. everyone basically came out and said, you know, here's the thing that comes out of this. No one actually mentioned this, but I have a feeling that the, the two sm sleazy contractors who, oh. <laughs> who they uh, they hire for this gig, who have all these ideas, and all, it was apparently like these were Air Force techniques. This guy must be selling. some sort of Superman. I can't get to him. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, the thing of it is is that... The entire torture program, they call it extended interrogation techniques yeah. or whatever. Yeah, there's a little uh, pretty way of saying we're you know, torture someone. Um, is about retribution. People were pissed off about 9-11. And so we were going to just round up whoever we could get and show them who's boss. And I have a feeling there's a lot of that what was behind this because, you know, they're not getting any quality information nothing. out of anybody. They're getting nothing. And so, you know what? If, if you have a terrorist and you've captured him and the minute he's captured – Whatever plans he may have known about, they're going to change those plans because if this guy reveals them, that's going to screw up our plans. So they, you can't get anything out of anybody. So it really is a blight on our history, and it certainly is not what America is about. And we, 
you know, and one would think that would cross party lines, but it doesn't always because they do get a little bit into. Well, this movie attacked Obama too. It wasn't just did. it oh, was just, oh, just an attack on yeah, Bush. And you're Cheney. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I thought that was a really very measured, yes. you know, way of going about it. Um, you know, um, John McCain is uh, represented a little bit in this film, just mostly by you know footage, not by someone playing him. But uh, obviously, he had very uh, stark opinions about torture, having for, for been a good tor- reason tortured himself. And um, you know, it's it's I yeah, it's not a film I'll ever go back and revisit. I don't. I, think. I won't either. But I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I enjoyed watching it, and um, I certainly would uh, give it a very uh, hearty three stars. I and, was giving it three as well, and I'm glad that. It exists because I think we do need a document because I will say a lot of the quirks of this case, all the ups and downs, I certainly didn't know who Dan Jones was. I uh, I kind of remember the name, but just, I mean, in passing, if that, and this guy, you know, again, these are these uh, $100,000 a year uh, pencil pushers and paper shufflers who are, you know, the, the core and the heart of our American government, these are these are heroes. This guy, these people are heroes because they're doing the dirtiest work possible. Mm. They're doing a horrible, you know, just putting in millions of hours and putting well, think their what they're subjected to seeing and witnessing and viewing. And it's got to be draining. Like the one woman in the movie yeah, quit. She's done. Yeah, she was like a Thanksgiving. <laughs> she said a Thanksgiving. I quit. And Adam Driver says, "Oh, so we got a few more months." She's like, uh, "No, that's next week." <laughs> so they really they're they're sequestered in these grim buildings. <laughs> Yeah, in the basement, the bowels of some building with no windows. and I mean, it's what a life. A sterile environment. And they do it because they believe in this country and they believe in uh, democracy. And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, if you want to see a really good story about heroes, I think that uh, you could do a lot worse than the report. So what more do you have to add about this? I think you pretty much said it all. I mean, we we, we know his, from history that torture doesn't work, and in spite of it, it it's it's an embarrassment, really. I mean, I just remember shaking my head, saying, "Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ!" Uh, with those, I don't honestly, I don't think our our president at the time, President Bush, he may not have been totally aware of this because I don't think he was pulling all the strings. Yeah, uh, I think people were pulling his strings, and I think they deliberately kept some of the information oh, from I, him so he wouldn't know and couldn't be found you. guilty of anything. Yep, um, it's interesting because um, and just Remember again, we got nothing. We got no, no information. Nothing was provided that led to anything. It didn't save any American lives. It didn't get Osama bin Laden. Nope. Nothing. 119 documented cases of torture. Just keep that in mind. 119 people who were... And one s- death. And one death. That's right. Who were sleep deprived and they threw them in a box with bugs. Um, <laughs> you know, did you see that... Uh, remember that uh, <laughs> uh, PowerPoint presentation they had for like... Oh, all- yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I was like, insects. <laughs> It's just horrible. It's just horrible. So, yeah, I'm really glad this movie exists. It's a great document to have of that time period when, you know, post 9-11, we were just chasing our tails and we really didn't know, you know, everything about that just sent everything that we we take for granted into a tailspin. And um, Adam Driver is, of course, predictably great. And, Adam Driver is fantastic. Um, I, you know, I've always said Sean Penn is the best American actor uh, in the world right now, but... <laughs> I've thought that for years, actually, but Adam Driver is right up there now. He's kind of becoming our new brand, though. In I mean, the last five, six, seven years, he has just exploded. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, and... Black uh, Klansman, Logan Lucky. Right. These are great films. Oh, I love Logan Lucky. Great <laughs> it's such a great movie. Anyway, all right, that's the report on Amazon. Check it out. It's streaming right now. All you got to do is, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you just click and you watch, and I think you should. Three stars from both of us. We'll be back after this with a review of... <laughs> Go figure. Uh, uh, another Adam Driver movie. <laughs> Maybe he should take a vacation into 2020. Uh, well, if you're listening, Adam, don't Cl- clock out. No. <laughs> what I love about 
plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. He never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do. Dad, you're too far. I know. It's not easy for her to close a cabinet. He's incredibly neat. She's brave. He's brilliant. She's He's very, very competitive. competitive. That's Adam Driver. Who? Oh, that guy from that other movie we reviewed before. And uh, Scarlett Johansson in a Netflix film, um, although this also had a bit of a uh, theatrical run, called Marriage Story from uh, a guy named Noah Baumbach, who I have a love-hate relationship with. Some of his movies I love and some of them I've hated. Uh, There's a film I was, we were talking about last show with Ben Stiller he did called Greenberg. With, uh, um, oh, what's his was name? Was that with Greta Gerwig by any chance? Greta Gerwig was in I that I saw one. that movie. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it, but I love it, and I always felt that Noah Baumbach is kind of a sociopath, like or uh, just way too misanthropic. He doesn't really have a very sunny outlook on the human race, even though he's accurate. <laughs> I just I can't go that dark, and he's gone very dark in a lot of his movies, so that's a struggle for me. But um, um, by the way, this movie has a ninety-four Metascore, which I think is the highest Metascore that we've done on anything so far. I don't doubt that because um, it's very I, rare for anything to get ninety and. So I guess I'm just going to jump right into a review of this thing. Um, kind of a Kramer versus Kramer for our modern times here in 2019. Um, and it's about a co- – well, you know what we didn't do? We didn't have uh, anyone – you didn't uh, – I forgot to turn the mic over to you. To, oh, no. Uh, yeah, we did do it for the report. Let's do it for this one. Give the people a little breakdown of what this movie's about. All right. Well, we have two people here. We have Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. They are a happily married couple. At least we think they are. Uh, she was a former actress out in Hollywood, but she came to New York to be with her man who runs a theater company there and she does like off-Broadway plays and stuff like that so and they have a young child she does his plays yes which is really quirky too <laughs> yes they, she does his plays and you know they, they make a living they're doing well or well enough and then she decides that uh, she's done with the marriage um for a variety of reasons we find out later on but uh it's just not working out so she wants to file for divorce she goes back to hollywood she tries to revive her career there successfully and um he's a little reluctant he does not want a divorce but um eventually he succumbs to the fact that yes it's happening and uh we have some attorneys involved here Uh, she has an attorney played by laura dern um he doesn't have one at first but he looks into it um Ray Liotta was one of the people he looked into. Um, and uh, we just basically see the process uh, of, of divorce uh, with attorneys and the filing of papers and this and that. And I want this and I want that. And it's cutthroat. And that's pretty much our film. So, the trials and tribulations of a divorce trial. So we're going to review this film um, in a two-tier sort of way. First, we're going to talk about the film. And then we're going to talk about what the film's about, <laughs> okay? So we're going to set some ground rules here, So, which is a very attorney <laughs> type of thing to do. Um, this film is, for me, pretty much unassailable when it comes to filmmaking. Um, this is easily my favorite Noah Baumbach movie. Um, this, man... You know, I of what we've done, like I'll, I'll I'll just consider the year being what we've done on this show so far. If not for Knives Out, this probably would be my favorite movie of the year so far. Wait a minute, what about Rattlesnake? <laughs> that was lovely too. Okay, uh, but right. not my favorite of the year. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, this movie uh, just sucks you in in such a way that you're immediately invested in these people. Uh, for me and. Um, 
Let's talk about acting. Um, Adam Driver, again, he's going to get a nominated, I think, for an Academy Award for this one. This is the one. I mean, he could certainly easily be nominated for both, but I'll tell you, I think he would get a win. I can't imagine. He is just unbelievable in this movie. Absolutely uh, gives a performance that's... Very realistic. Very realistic. Very, very realistic. And um, and then I must talk about Scarlett Johansson, who I've who's always kind of flown sort of under my radar. I mean, I'm just I always thought, okay, she's fine. Yeah, she does a good job. She's uh, serviceable for the film. I thought she was unbelievable. This one, I was just completely off the charts. Uh, this is like an acting class right here. I mean, and when she goes off her her incredible monologue, it was like a theater piece where she just goes off in Laura Dern's office, and it was just. Um, yeah, I could listen to these characters. This is one of the few movies where I'm, you know, at two and a half hours for me, it almost clocked in at too short. I was like, I need more of these people. I find these people fascinating. Alan Alda was a blast. He was just a great, yes. uh, wonderful, warm character that he brought that uh, very kind of uh, Yoda type uh, sensibility to uh, a attorney who hopefully is, uh, you know. <laughs> Let's also talk about Ray Liotta because Ray great. Liotta is an attorney, and he, <laughs> he he realizes he needs an attorney, so he goes to see Ray Liotta, who and he gets very intimidated by Ray Liotta because I was intimidated by Ray. Liotta. He's like, well, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got. Oh, she's going to do this. Let's get work on this, and he's got a partner in there, and he's just bouncing things off. Oh. We got to do this. We got to, and he's like frustrated. It's, he's like, I'm out of here. This is too much. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. then later on in the movie, Ray Liotta shows up. Yes, he's, he, he has hired him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I have a quote here, and I, I used to have this. Uh, out of the two of us, I'm the only one in the room who actually has gone through a divorce. Oh, we're going there already? We're okay. going to go there right well, now. Well, hang on. Let me throw out some All stars. Right. Go ahead. So um, I, I'm, I'm three and a half on this one. I um, am too. Three and a half. I, uh, Not yeah, something I want to watch again, honestly, but... Uh, I would, just for the performances, to be able to watch these performances again. Someday, maybe, again. but... I find yeah. these performances just, uh, uh, like, uh, blindingly beautiful and wonderful, and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, so now we're going to talk about the other thing, <laughs> the other <laughs> elephant to the room, and that is uh, that um, this film, I am so glad I watched it alone. I did not want to watch this with my spouse because she can watch it. I'm not going to forbid her because that of course means we have a dysfunctional uh, marriage but um, I I would have squirmed a little more because it brings up things that's just natural in human man, male-female, male-male female-female relationships. I mean it's... Uh, you know, we are imperfect, and those imperfections become much more stark once you've lived with the same person for X amount of years, and you struggle to try to avoid these sort of things, but unfortunately, these things just happen. Like, I didn't feel that anyone was to blame for anything here. But things can escalate real quick. Once you get attorneys in the room, they sure can. Oh, God. <laughs> now, let's I talk about let's tell. talk about you. <laughs> well, just tell just tell the big one. <laughs> like, well, you know. again, first of all, uh, I, I'm been not, it. I, I am now happily married a, a second time now. Yeah. And I you've been actually, through it. I, I have. So was my current wife has actually been through it well. Now, yeah. um, I can tell you that uh, my divorce was a little bit messy. Um, it didn't start that way. I'm, I'm going to just give you this quote here. I found I, I was actually when I was going through divorce, I was actually reading Craig Ferguson's book at the time. Just happened to be reading it, and then he talks about his divorce. At Which one you point. can get here at the Cedarburg Library. It's a great <laughs> book, by the way. Funny, funny man. But he talked about at one point his um, second. I think it was his second divorce he was going through. And I'm going to read you this quote. It's in two parts here. Um, and I actually had this on my Facebook wall somewhere, uh, and I couldn't find it yesterday, but I had it, went online to find it. But this is the quote, the full quote, and I'm going to cuss. Just be prepared for that. <laughs> Bring it on. The whole quote is this. Divorce lawyers stoke anger and fear in their clients, knowing that as long as the conflicts remain unresolved, the revenue stream will keep flowing. 
I like to believe that there is an extra warm corner of hell for these fuckers who traffic in emotional misery. That, that was on my wall. That sounds for good about reason. Right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, what do you do about that? I mean, the um, the business. You know, the interesting part about a lot of that was I didn't know the kind of zeros and dollar signs you were talking about. Oh my about. god! And that, that's Hollywood. That's it's right, not that's that bad the around West Coast, here. But I mean, but just it's a re- still bad, like a retainer thing. Like it's okay. Oh. So there's a ten thousand dollar retainer. Thirty thousand. Was it? I, I think that was Leona. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it was like four hundred fifty dollars an hour. Insanity. I mean, and and this. What's interesting is that they had a child, and there's a child involved here, and um, their process of divorce, and I'm sure this is the, the reality of the situation, unfortunately, would unduly affect the child's future. I mean, we're talking about that's a college fund that's getting eaten up. That's a yep, uh, and they mentioned that. Oh, absolutely. So I mean. So the resolution of this movie, we should talk about a little bit, um, without spoiling, I guess, I don't know. Um, let's just say there was a gesture by the Scarlett Johansson character at the end, which I thought was like, oh, this, is, this was very uh, un-Noah Baumbach-like, because a lot of his films end without glimmers of hope, and I feel like this one ended at least with a glimmer of hope, that you know there would be some sort of normalization. It's just a simple gesture, and I think you might know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. She ties a shoelace. Yeah. Okay. And I just thought, wow, after all of that, she still <laughs> cares enough about him to say, I don't want you to trip on your damn shoelace. And I thought, and I just thought, okay, there's hope. Because, uh, you know. There, there, there is hope there. I'm not sure how realistic that is when, when, when divorces get super messy, though. I mean, I don't know how messy this one got, but it, it had certainly had the potential uh, with had, him going back and <laughs> forth and screaming, oh, you're an alcoholic, you're this and that. And I don't think either one of those parties intended for that to happen. But when you get attorneys involved and they start sniping at each other, good Lord. I should tell you this. Uh, I, I didn't have an attorney at first, and then I got one, then I got rid of him, then I got a different one. My The attorney I ended up with told me, and he was a very experienced attorney, um, he told me that her attorney told him that this was the messiest divorce I've ever dealt with. This is the worst divorce. And my attorney said, mine's the second. this is the second worst I've had to deal with. So mine was right up there. Wow. <laughs> the wow. worst and the second worst, depending on which one you're talking you about. You know what's interesting is that I think I knew who they considered to be the first worst. <laughs> 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 and that's as far as I'll take that. But anyway, that's a marriage story. I mean, um, you're, it, it's uh, pretty much on, I would say, if you have a must-see list, uh, it belongs It belongs on that list. So check it out. Noah Baumbach, Adam Driver again, Scarlet. We'll be back with Cinema Throwdown. A little uh, lighter fare, hopefully, <laughs> after this. <laughs> You're back with Front Row Center. Here's Cinema Throwdown, the part of the show where we uh, we stand e- facing each other like a uh, like a Mexican standoff, like a fistful of dollars, and in our holsters, our DVDs or Blu-rays, perhaps. <laughs> I have a DVD for you this week, and we challenge each other. I have a DVD for you too. I have a DVD R for you this week. <laughs> oh, I gave you a DVD R last week. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So revenge. 
Because <laughs> this is a game, folks. We're not sure if we're one-upping each other. We're not sure if we're trying to make the other suffer. We're not sure if we're... Nobody <laughs> knows. It's like this unspoken thing going on, and maybe you, the listener, can uh, you know pull some subtext out of it. So anyway, um, I'll go first, because mine, I think, it probably is pretty easy to talk about. <laughs> It's 1982's classic, Let's Do It. Let's Do It, from Bert I. Gordon. So uh, we got a guy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I did too. <laughs> I mean, I, I full disclosure, I think the last 10 minutes I fell asleep for because I was starting it very late last night, but I, I had a pretty good grasp of where this thing was going. And I have to say that, I, for one thing, I've never... S- I've seen a lot of teen sex comedies and a lot of sex comedies and a lot of ribald entertainment. And I can tell you that this is the first one where every scene in the movie is about one thing and one thing only. <laughs> like even Porky's, they were talking about other things or Police Academy, they are doing whatever. No, let's do it. Every scene is about virginity, <laughs> losing one's virginity, um, potential sexual problems in the lead character, which... <laughs> It's just surreal. Um, so Freddy, Freddy's this guy, and he's he's pretty hunky. I mean, he's like you oh, know yeah. for the eighties, he's really he's kind of you know he's beefed up. And, he didn't um, do a whole lot, but he was on an episode of Facts of Life. Okay, and, uh, I think he did like six or seven things, and that's it. There we go. But um, he uh, he's this guy who um, unfortunately was breastfed. <laughs> Oh, by the way, he was the star of Skate Town USA. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh, nice. So you know, I I actually remember that. But um, he um. So he was breastfed way too late into his uh, like adolescence, like to the point where he was. You know, his mom said, "Oh, but he'll, he'll be such a considerate." Uh, I've got young homework man. to do, yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, because of that, I don't know if scientifically has any <laughs> basis in that. He's very, shall we say, he's got some issues when uh, kind of dealing with his girlfriend um, to the point where she keeps on becoming. Well, well, some, in his mind, she sort of becomes his mother. Um, every he tries to uh, like kind of cure himself with a hooker and so uh <laughs> as you do a 35 dollar hooker by the way not not terribly expensive Good gig um, back in yeah, the 80s man. i tell you uh, so 35 bucks now we have to you pay that much for dvds sometimes right <laughs> whatever it takes to cure us and so uh yeah he uh that doesn't work because the hooker becomes like his girlfriend and his mind and he just can't quite get over it and uh his girlfriend does way too much jazzercise um <laughs> And frankly, that's kind of the whole movie. I mean, there's not much else that happens, per se. It's just scene after scene of, like, there's one bizarre scene in the Is park. Is it that dream sequence? Where the park where everyone just starts jumping. <laughs> so, Completely so, nude women just jumping. Just jumping. It's like they're on trampolines, but they're not. They're in a park, and they're just they're, they're, they're getting some serious airtime whilst Literally, naked. Literally. I mean, they're, yeah, they're just doing, doing. I mean, it's the crap. So that was it, like the only until I saw this movie this past year. <laughs> that's the only scene I remembered from from, from when I saw it twenty five years memorable. ago. It was directed by the guy who made all those uh, giant bug movies in the seventies, like uh, the Village of uh, uh, the Food of the Gods and uh, Empire of the Ants, Empire of the Ants, and all that stuff. They used to call him Mister Big, Bert I. Gordon. So <laughs> I can't say that I'm disappointed. I watched this, and in fact, I'd probably get a copy of this myself one day. So there we are. I. Uh, a successful version side of let's do it. I will say last night that my kids. So I have a television in our bedroom, and uh, it's around. Uh, everyone's turning in. For they the wander night. in during that they park did scene. Not, they did not wander in, but they heard a lot of ooing and eyeing, and a lot of grunting going on. And they uh, this morning, let's just say breakfast. The breakfast conversation was really interesting. So thanks to. Uh, 
Bert I. Gordon and uh, <laughs> Bert G. Wardolfer. Uh, let's do it. So you watched a, a little Japanese fair. I did. I watched the 1959 Blu-ray. <laughs> a little higher quality film, I guess, uh, than Let's Do It. Maybe. But, yeah. uh, no less or worse entertaining either. But um, <laughs> it's about two kids in Japan in 1959, and um, they... Uh, they want a television. Very they don't, badly. They don't have a TV, but one of their neighbors does. So they go over and watch sumo wrestling, and the parents don't want to get them a TV, and they decide, well, if you don't give us a TV, we're just going to go on a a, a a talk strike. We're not going to talk anymore. A vow of silence. A vow of silence. Yeah, so they just be quiet and don't say a word. But they still do communicate. <laughs> they communicate, but yeah, they do with uh, with the little, uh, I don't know what you call this, oh, giving yeah. the okay sign. Okay sign. But uh, there's other noises they make though. Yeah, the farting. <laughs> a lot one of the of kids, farting. one of the kids farts, and the older brother says farting's okay. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you, you know who these two kids reminded me of a lot was was uh, Wally and the Beaver. Yeah, in some ways, sure. Yeah, same absolutely. time period, uh, yeah. different country, obviously. But yeah, and there was some uh, another subplot here where uh, the, the the women in the neighborhood are yeah. belong to some sort of women's club. Yes, and the dues were paid, but they were dropped off and they weren't paid. And then uh, there was some confusion there. And then these kids aren't talking, but the neighbor kids or the neighbor woman doesn't know that the kids aren't talking. Yep. So when she says hi to them and they snub her, she thinks, well, mama's mad at me because she thinks. <laughs> right. uh, so there's a whole grudge <laughs> thing going on. And <laughs> ultimately, at the end of this movie, they do get a TV, although we don't actually see them watching see it. Watching it. No, we don't. No, no we don't. Absolutely. Don't see it out of the box. But I, I love the fart noises they use because they're so cartoonish. They're just like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Nobody knows that movie. And I just thought, man, good morning. Or Ohio, I guess, as the uh, as the Japanese would be. I just thought more people should know about this movie it's fun i enjoyed it and you yeah. know it was like uh, it's a color film for 1959 the, yeah. the color actually when i turned it on it reminded me of like a live action disney movie yeah. from that time period it yeah, just kind of yeah. had that look and feel to very it. technicolor yes disney would never have touched a movie like this with a 10-foot pole but i would say a successful uh, round of uh of uh, nobody gets points i don't know if we have a point system here so nobody gets points let's do it in good morning uh good morning you can get at the cedarburg public library on blu-ray if you're in the uh, system it's got to be streaming somewhere too wouldn't you um think? probably out there you'll it's a Criterion release, so right. Criterion has their own stream thing going on. Let's do it. You will not find anywhere. Nope. Uh, you could probably watch your review, though. On, Come on uh, over. Yes, I, yeah. I did review it back in February. Let's do it. I have to go back. I don't remember. I have to. I, that was one thing I wanted to do before the show, and I didn't get around to is watching your review, so I need to revisit your review. So anyway, here we go with the next round of... Uh, Cinema Smackdown. We're going to do it on the countdown. Now, as we is, are is this to something do. from your personal collection? This is from my personal collection. As this is mine. <laughs> You're going to love this one. In three, two, one. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh. Weird. I have heard of this movie. Have you? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Lolly Madonna XXX. Yes. I have no idea what it is, but I know I've heard of it. Yes. What am I dealing with here? You're dealing with a very, very uh, swampy, not really swampy, more like in the Appalachians. Uh, you're dealing with a Moonshiner movie. Oh, kind of like uh, Moon Runners, or not nearly as uh, <laughs> Gator Bait. Uh, not nearly as riveting. Jeff I Bridges, you. Rod Steiger. Yeah, Rod Steiger, completely uh, unhinged. Oh, is Scott Wilson from uh, Actu Walking Dead? There you go. Actually, written by a woman named Sue Grafton, who died last year, and yeah, she, she wrote, wrote a lot of books, didn't she? She wrote the A through Z murders, like the uh, A is for alibi, B is for burglar. So that was her first gig, kind of uh, doing that. She did the book uh, that that's based on, and then from there she started doing the Lolly Madonna War. Yes, uh, I enjoyed it when I watched. I, I actually uh, ripped that one from uh, TCM, so that's a Turner Classic Movies rip, and uh, so give it a look, and All right. we'll see I how that goes. I, I, I have heard of it. I have something here I have never heard of. 
called Breakpoint. It takes balls to get back in the game. Looks like a tennis comedy of some sort. It is. I've seen Matchpoint with Scarlett Johansson, a Woody Allen movie, but I've not seen Breakpoint. Well, I can tell you that Breakpoint, it's from 2014. It stars Jeremy Sisto. And if you ever watched the, the TV show Six Feet Under, okay. he was the brother of uh, the main character's name I can't remember at the okay. time at the moment. But uh, he, he's the star of this movie. And I don't know if anybody else. Uh, J.K. Simmons is in here. The, J.K. Uh, Simmons, yes. Academy the, Award winner J.K. Simmons. And the uh, Farmer's Insurance Man. But so, this movie, yeah. this is one of those movies that... Uh, it was actually written by Jeremy Sisto. He was one of the writers on it. Story by. Yeah. Dollar so. Tree or sometimes has <laughs> movies for a buck. I should in go fact, there. We picked up 13 of them yesterday. Which one did you go to? In Grafton? The one in Port Washington. Okay. Oh, wait, no, no. We went. I went to the one in Port Washington earlier, and I got three. Then we went to the one in Sheboygan and picked up 13 the yesterday. Grafton one never gets DVDs. I'm so depressed because I hear they have them, and well, ours never does. Check it out. They might ah. be hidden somewhere else because okay. in both stores, they were hidden somewhere else. I got some great ones yesterday. That Osploitation documentary. Oh, nice. Not, not, yeah, for, not, not quite for, for Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. There's also a documentary for Canon Films. Yes. Uh, I've been dying to see that. Got them both for a buck yesterday. Jeez. On Blu-ray? Those DVD, were DVDs, DVDs but okay. we did pick up a couple of Blu-rays, nice, too. But nice. We picked up this one uh, maybe six months ago, and I had no idea what it was, but it had a decent rating. So okay. we watched it. We were thoroughly enjoyed this really? movie. Yeah, so All I right. figured you hadn't seen this one. Yeah, I it, guarantee you that is true. We found it pretty entertaining, so probably All right. one of those movies that's probably better than it should be. <laughs> well... Yeah, Lord knows, uh, let's do it was better than it should be. Um, yes, so. it was. <laughs> I'm glad we have that shared memory now. I, I, I did enjoy it. I'd watch, I would, what's shocking is I'd watch it again. I would too, and I will. Oh my, here we go. All right, folks. Sit the throwdown, week number two. It's going to be Breakpoint versus Lolly Madonna XXX. The XXX is not the rating. I was I was afraid you'd think I was giving you some triple X movie. I promise you it's not. Well, the I might X- be giving you something like that. Oh, no, lovely. The oh, great. I can't wait. You ever seen the movie Black Love? <laughs> it's 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 uh herschel gordon lewis actually i'm not i don't doubt it that's our theme folks but oh boy <laughs> i love the fact that we ended on that so <laughs> that's perfect anyway back next week with a review of an animated film called i lost my body what are we doing that one plus one other one plus smith cinema smackdown and other stuff people talk about spoilers Ooh, star wars they, is coming uh, we might even talk about star wars you never know thank you for tuning everybody tuning in everybody i'm losing my i'm losing my english language so it's time to go bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.